Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is AppSats Radio, help for partners after sexual betrayal. We talk about it here. Betrayal trauma. We are AppSats certified clinical partner specialists and coaches who have been trained to help navigate you through this crisis. There is nothing we won't talk about. Sometimes listeners want to know about triggers. I'm dealing with the aftermath of my husband's affairs, and he still works the same job that he did when he was acting out. It's a job that allows him to hide his goings-on and one that he stated was the previous trigger for his acting out. The whole 16 and a half years we've been together, he's acted out. In the beginning, what I thought it was was just pornography. Um, it ended up being, I found out two and a half years ago, he had been with multiple prostitutes. I only found out a very small portion of that until about a month ago. How do you cope with all of that when you still have to deal with unavoidable triggers? Well, of course you would feel traumatized by hearing all that information and I gotta tell you Stephanie that's a staggered disclosure that's finding out little bits and pieces about your husband's behavior throughout a time period making you feel insecure unsure and unsafe so what we gotta do is set up a situation whereby you get with a specialist to do a formal disclosure so you can hear everything at one time in a safe environment what has been going on, that sex addiction has occurred. That intro, I hope, is very helpful uh, because disclosures are so important. I just finished one an hour ago, and, you know, the, the last thing she said to me after she heard the truth, she said, so now I know I'm not crazy. And I said, we'll call her Susie. Susie's always my catch-all for somebody's anonymity. I said, Susie, you know, you have always known you're not crazy. And she said, no, Carol, I've known it, but emotionally I question myself. And so the disclosure really helped her to know emotionally and intellectually that she was not crazy. And, you know, that's what, that's what we need to do. We need to help partners realize that, that their hunches, their gut feeling, their fears, all have at least some basis of truth. And I say that because, you know, there is no doubt that when you're um, – traumatized, that you do look at things, everything you look at, you wonder, is this real? Is this reality? And I get that. We at Absats all get that. Partner perspective that we, we um, endorse is that you're in survival mode, and that means you're not going to let anything get by you without questioning the reality. And so, again, I'm just super, um, I feel super honored 
to be able to help people with disclosures. It is not a pretty process in that it's hard to hear the entire truth. And yet, a partner doesn't know how to proceed until she has the truth. And then she can decide. And most women, um, and actually men too, um, they hang in there. They decide they want to stay. They realize that it is an addiction. They learn how to um, not view themselves as inadequate, to realize, hey, this was an addiction. This did not have to do with the color of your skin, the size you were, the amount of money you brought in, your ability to have sex. This was about his addiction. And when we can help a partner to see that, they inevitably feel better. And when they feel better, they do better. And when they feel better and they do better, their brain goes online and ultimately begins to be able to see the entire truth. And that's what we want the disclosure to begin to facilitate. Once a partner knows the truth, she can then decide what does she need, feel safe, and what does she need to do to, A, reinvest in the relationship, B, leave the relationship, C, take a separation from the relationship, and create more safety for herself in additional ways. All right. I'm Carol Jerkinson Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach, and um, I, I kind of host this show for APSATS. This is APSATS.org. That's A-P-S-A-T-S dot org, which is the Association for Partners of Sex Addicts um, Trauma Specialists. And so people in APSATS are either partner-sensitive clinicians or partner-sensitive coaches. And we believe in putting it first. Not that we do anything begrudgingly towards whoever the addict is, male or female, but you become first and foremost in terms of a priority. And what you need helps to reestablish the equilibrium that you need in your life. And that's what we hope for. Um, you know, because unfortunately, lots, you, what, what's happened to you, you know, it's hard to know who to talk to. It's hard to know who you can trust. It's hard to know what you should do. It, it is, well, I always say, and I've worked, <laughs> let me finish a sentence here. I always say it's probably the most devastating thing that can happen to a person. And then I was going to say, look, I I know this to be true because I absolutely have worked in child sexual abuse. And I've worked in uh, women's issues. And I've worked in the mental health centers. And what what I believe is that when your spouse betrays you multiply, I mean, 
you know, it's one thing to be cheated on, but it's another thing for it to have become a compulsion and to have gotten worse. And, you know, if he's a porn addict, he's looking at worse and worse, worse porn. And if he's um, a sex addict, uh, his porn turned into web chats, turned into meetings, turned into massage pros. I mean, it just gets worse. And so that's why I feel like this business is so important to help you figure out how you can handle things as effortlessly as possible. I use that word because too many of our clients have said, oh, my gosh, we've been in therapy for years. And and although he or she was a good therapist, they couldn't help us with this problem. As a matter of fact, sometimes they did more harm than good. And we know that it upsets, that a therapist, a well-meaning therapist who doesn't know what they don't know will make statements, they'll give advice, and they will create recommendations that are absolutely contraindicated for a partner. Unfortunately, too many pastors and therapists have said things like, well, if you just had more sex, that could heal this problem. Or, you know, the two of you have a history of bickering, and if you could be nicer to him, he wouldn't go outside the marriage. And obviously, from an APSAT's point of view, that sexual addiction has nothing to do with you. It would have occurred whether you were in his life or not. Yes, certainly fighting in the marriage gives the addict more reason to justify, rationalize, and minimize what they're doing. But it is not and was never created um, by the friction in the marriage. His sex addiction started way before you, and it would have gotten worse regardless of who he was with. Now, today I am super excited because most of you know I wrote this book called Help Her Heal. A sexual, um, a sex addict's workbook to develop empathy. And Help Her Heal was my way of helping men to figure out what they could do to help their wives heal because their wives were so traumatized and devastated. And what we know, again, at APSATS, is that when a sex addict has come clean, does want his wife to get better but he usually disappears, recoils, hides, or even worse, argues with the spouse because he doesn't know what to do. And so I wrote the book to help addicts help her heal, which then would improve their self-esteem. And we have an amazing APSATS member who wanted to use the book and help men in groups. And she's even gone so far as to want to add a couple's component to the group. Yeah, you heard it. So she's going to tell us all about her structure for this group because she's getting ready to start a couple of them. And so I am so pleased that she was willing to come on the show and talk about the programming she's developed for sex addicts and for partners if they choose to be a part of it. So, Rebecca Mason, thank you so much for wanting to start this 
ever important group therapy for men and possibly women later on. How are you? I am doing fantastic, Carol. How are you today? Well, I was just telling our listening audience, I just finished a disclosure. So, you know, it always is a bit emotionally um, depleting when you've gone through that process with them. And I try to book it at the end of the day, but we were involving another therapist who couldn't. And so I went ahead and booked it from 10 to 1, and and here you are. And I'm going to get recharged with the information that you are going to share with our listening audience. First of all, tell them a little bit about you. How did you get started in this business? Um, Well, I'm I'm a clinician, and I've been a clinician for years, and Basically, what helped me get started in as an APSATS trained clinician, um, well, that's an interesting story, Carol, <laughs> and I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I've been working with trauma and attachment my whole career, and um, I've really loved the work. But more importantly, what brought me here was because of my own journey as a betrayed partner. And I want to say that um, to all the people out there and um, that have gone through that sort of thing, um, I've opened Pandora's box of discovery. I've had 20 grenades go off all at once. I've looked around and seen pieces of me scattered around like shattered glass, bleeding and in pain. And I felt dazed and confused as life as I knew to be true suddenly was not. And I've lived through those crazy making times of covert narcissistic abuse and gaslighting, doubting my own instincts made to feel like I was somehow wrong or faulty or confused um, so that my husband can just continue with his addiction. I've sought help from those well-meaning therapists just a minute ago, um, traveling eight hours to see at $200 per hour, only to suffer that institutional trauma at their hands, being further traumatized, blamed for my husband's addiction, and um, being being, um, accused of gaslighting my husband, ignoring the PTSD trauma symptoms. Um, And I've known the embarrassment and the heartache of forgetting to breathe and knowing what it's like to feel alone through it all. And I know that I can remember thinking back then, if I survive this, I'm going to help others because this is horrible. It shouldn't be this way. And um, I became very passionate about being a place where partners are understood. So it's not only because of my journey as a betrayed partner, but suffering trauma at the hands of those well-meaned people um, that I went to an AppSets training and began a new journey of helping others in this arena. Well, you know, obviously so many of our, our clinicians and coaches have had this experience. They've figured out how to heal from it, sometimes with their, their part, the, the addict, and then sometimes they choose not to stay with him or her. And, and, but the point is they get better and then they say, how can we give back? What can we do? And so you are absolutely somebody who has wanted to give back in a variety of ways. I mean, you work with partners and you want mm-hmm. to work with couples. So tell us about this 14-week group that you have set out to actually begin <coughs> May 11th and May 12th. excited about the group, and I'm I'm very passionate about the couples' work. I've, I've always been passionate about couples' work. Um, and then going through this journey that intensified that whole, um, the whole feeling of just really wanting to be a help and support to them. 
And um, and so basically, as, as you said earlier, I am using your your the book um, Help Her Heal as a guide for this coursework. Very excited! So it's 14 weeks, like you said, helping the addict get getting him to a place where he can learn to connect and hear her pain, taking accountability and showing empathy. And the piece that's a little bit different is that I felt so strongly about so often. Um, the addict is working his program and she's working her, you know, her healing and um, journey on healing and, wound, you know, healing those wounded hearts. But so often they, they somehow miscue with each other. And, and from the get-go, they're struggling even just to live in the same home together. And so I felt it was so important to sort of bring in a, co- a couple's component to this so that once he has those skills, the, the couple can work together to, to practice those skills in a very safe environment that's facilitated. And so it can be done in a group setting or it can be done individually as they wish. And, um, and I'm very excited about that. So then it gives them a, a place to practice those skills and get better and, and do the things that they need to just really propel their relationship forward. And you actually have two entirely different times. I mean, the May 11th group is from 11.30 to 1, Mountain Standard Time, and the May 12th group is 6.30 p.m. to 8 o'clock, Mountain Standard Time. What made you decide to offer two groups at such dramatically different times? Well, the world as we know it today (laughs) It's very different, isn't it? <laughs> We're going through this um, COVID-19 pandemic, and, mm-hmm. and everything we knew to be true has changed for sure. And so there's a lot of variables that are coming into people's lives, and time frames are, have a lot to do with that. And so whether you're working or you're not working or you're working a day shift or a night shift, that was going to open up the door for people to be able to attend when they could. It also opens up the door for people who might be international to be able to jump into that um, course by using the daytime one because we have lopsided uh, time zones when that's the case. So I was hoping that people would have more choice and be able to attend if it was something they, they needed to do. Well, and you're actually going to help men to work on connecting showing empathy, building trust, and helping her heal. So you said you're going to use my book as a kind of a protocol. Um, Let me ask you, what do you think are some of the most important uh, chapters of this book? In other words, what do you think are key in helping addicts to help their spouses heal? Oh, gosh, um, you're going to ask me to pull out specific things, and, and everything that's in there is invaluable. I have to say that it's an amazing resource, and I want to thank you so much for putting that together. But I, for the very beginning, some mm-hmm. of the very essential pieces is to help, help the addict not go to shame because they tend to live there. And, you know, and, and you know there's a difference between, you know, healthy guilt. You know, you feel guilty. You want to move forward. You want to get better. But that shame that, that, that hits you in a place that says, uh, I am bad, I am horrible, it takes you down. And so that very first part of the coursework teaches you, you know, where we're working on 
hanging on to, to what you know to be true and hanging on to moving forward and not getting sucked into that place of shame because it's not intended for that. It's not intended in any way. It's, it's intended to help him connect in a way that transforms the relationship and, um, and not taking him down to shame. So that's definitely a, a important piece. Sometimes they don't understand, couples don't understand um, where she's at. You know, the addict isn't understanding where she's at, and uh, sometimes they see the behavior, and what they're seeing is the trauma. But they don't really understand that. So some of that psychoeducation around explaining that to them, breaking it down, this is what's happening for her so that they understand her in a different way. And, um, and then, of course, moving right into the, to the ADR and, and having them learn how to, you know, how to affirm her and, and how, to, how to connect and speak to her in a way that doesn't take them to shame. And she is suddenly heard and validated, and that is a tremendous thing. Yeah, I I really tried to make it simple. I wanted men to know if they acknowledged what they saw going on, what her issue was, and then they validated her feelings. And, of course, I say use the top five, which are always anger, sadness, loneliness, fear, and happiness. And then the third part I think is the hardest to teach, and that's reassurance. How does an addict reassure his spouse that he's different and he's working on being improved without sounding cocky or arrogant? That's a tough one. What do you think? That is a that is a tough one, um, and I know that so many times couples are navigating through this blind. They don't even know what they're doing. So, um, so getting in there and having them just be very sincere and humble, um, it takes a sense of humility to be able to go there, and um, and that's hard. You know, realizing that the anger that their wife is experiencing was caused by them, and having the humility to accept that, rather than um, you know, minimize or blame them for what's happening and going on. And so just really, um, it's crucial also that, that the addict has a certain amount of healing under their belt because if they don't, if they don't have good sobriety, then they won't be able to go to this place. Well, you know, you brought up something very, very important because we do say um, from an abstract standpoint that there's two kinds of recovery. There's the um, individual recovery of the addict, and that's where he has to maintain sobriety for a certain amount of time. And, and the partner would be able to talk with an abscess clinician or coach and say, what's reasonable? I mean, truly, we know that there's some competing factors in here. Usually, the partner wants to know the truth, and she wants to know it all because she wants to put the puzzle pieces together. And that comes in the form of a disclosure. But you can't get that truthfulness until he has gotten um, some clean time. And we advise 90 days, because that's enough time to put his brain online and get him out of that sex addiction fog that he can so easily go into. And then... 
if he gets his 90 days, obviously they're ready for a disclosure. But that can take a couple of months to prepare. So now they're approaching a six-month place. And we know that he's going to need to work some of the very basic skills to show empathy, to um, understand her feelings, and to hold them for her because she's kind of out of control. The worst thing in the entire world has happened to her, and her brain really is offline. Now, I know your groups will help men to understand how she's feeling and to hear and validate the pain she's experiencing without them going into shame. And then you're going to show them communication and empathy skills that, I love this, reconnects, rebuilds, and restores the relationship. So how do you plan on doing this in a group setting? How many men are you hoping to get? And then tell us about that last part of this series where you include partners in to be a part of it. Yes. So um, a lot of questions there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, Take your time. So, <laughs> so it's a 14-week course. And the first um, 11 weeks are going to be working with the men. And I'm hoping to have about um, a maximum of six, six men in each group, minimum of three. And basically, we're doing the work, and they're, they're going through the coursework. They're learning. They're changing. And that's hard. Change is hard for everyone. And we're living in such um, challenging, changing times. It's sort of adding stress upon stress. And so it's, it's difficult work. Um, but the payoff is enormous. And so they're going to go through this 11-week process. And then at the end of that, there's going to be um, an additional um, section where where the, then, then they're going to start working with their wives. And their, their, their wives will come in and will be able to work on that in vivo in, in class time. And, again, I said there's an option. Um, some people are, um, really do well with groups. Others are not ready for groups. It just depends on where you are. And so there, there will be an option to do that individually or in a group setting. And um, coming in and just doing that work. And so in vivo, you're just, you're, you're working through it. It's being facilitated. So you're not out there on, on your own, which is sometimes pretty scary. Um, you're having, you know, I'll be right there with you, coaching you, showing you, helping you get it right. And, you know, when does a man get to do that? And my experience with my partner-sensitive groups um, are that men are really good at helping their buddies, helping the members in the group look at it differently, react differently, do different do-overs. I mean, they're amazing. Now, the truth of the matter is that oftentimes they are amazing at seeing what another person should have done, but it's a little (laughs) bit harder when it comes to their life. Um, But they get really good at that. And so you know that not only are you going to be there to coach them, but so are the other guys in the group. And so just one more time to, to reinforce this. Does, if a man wants to join your group, but his wife does not want to be a part of it, can he still be in the group? Absolutely, you can still be in the group. 
I can offer um, I can offer some individual work where um, we're meeting with with the couple privately rather than in the group setting if she really just cannot handle that. We would encourage her to give it a try, but I know that everybody has their own um, limitations and and ability to do or not do certain things, and so. Um, we can certainly meet her where she's at and help her get through that process in a different way. Well, I don't think you'll have much problem there because I'm telling you, I offer an online uh, group course. <clears throat> it's, not a, it's really about, I shouldn't say online group, it is an online course for help her heal. And when the man subscribes to the course, invariably the wife, either takes the course with him or looks at the course to see what he's learning. I mean, again, safety and stabilization is so important, and she wants to know what information is he getting and why. So I would think you're going to have women that definitely want to be coached and want to see his changes and know what he's working on uh, so that they can reinforce the positive and let you know when something isn't working so well. Um, now, how can they get a hold of you, Rebecca? They can get a hold of me through email, and it is called To Connect, and To being an, uh, the, num- the number. So the number two, Connect Group. So C-O-N-N-E-C-T-G-R-O-U-P at gmail.com. Or they can call me directly at 505-215-4784. Leave a message, and I'll get back to you as soon as I am available and not in session. And we can set up a time to hear where you're at and decide what works best for you. So you're more than likely going to need an intake appointment with the addict um, to find out where he is in his recovery and to make sure he's appropriate for group. Absolutely, yes. Okay, and during that appointment time, would the partner um, also be a part of that? Because I know you're going to probably be doing telehealth, right? Yes, yes. And it's it's great to have both people involved from the get-go. Um, I know that um, there's a lot of people out there in the world that still are doing this work in a in a separated way. And I am not of that, of that mindset whatsoever. Um, I feel like they should both be involved. They should both know what's going on because it brings a sense of safety and security. And two parallel lines never intersect. So if you're running a parallel track, um, it's going to be hard to ever come back together. Well, I absolutely believe that to be true. And like you said at the beginning of the show, you've lived this. You've experienced it, and so you know what reactions are common and all the feelings that this involves. And, you know, one of the things I really appreciate is the fact that you're going to be teaching him and hopefully later on them how to communicate better. So tell me, what processes or what interactions do you typically see um, that may be maladaptive and even dysfunctional when it comes to addicts and partners trying to work things out. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the sad thing is that that's, 
that's often what we know is the stuff that's not working. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and so learning something new is super important. But a lot of times um, there's so much hurt and pain. We know that there's so much hurt and pain around this for both sides. And, um, and so there's a lot of anger and triggers that come up. And, man, when you're triggered, the response can often be so unpredictable that that can be um, a communication barrier right there. And then once, once, you know, maybe the partner's triggered and, and she fires something over, you know, if the addict isn't in a place where he's got the skills under his belt, he's hearing it in a different way and he's hearing it and he's going to shame and he is firing back and, uh, you know, maybe he's minimizing or he's blaming her or um, lots of different things. And so, so those are some of the common things that happen and then they end up angry and mad and this isn't working and it's all your fault and, and that's, not a, that's not a place to be when you're working on, you know, rebuilding and restoring the relationship. You know, I agree 100%. And, again, you've had so much extensive um, work in this field. I mean, you've been abscess trained for how long? Uh, Since 2018. So for a couple of years you've been abscess trained. And here you are. You've had your own personal experience. And so you really know how the partners feel. And I'm kind of interested in most people, when they work in this field, they really just want to do individuals, and they really just either want to work with the partner or they want to work with the addict. Now, what, what convinced you that doing couples work be very, very effective? Well, I've always had a heart for couples, and, um, mm. and I believe, I just believe that so many people fail in relationships um, and marriages because they don't have the skills, and, um, and that's actually what led me to be a therapist, is because I wanted to make sure that people had the skills to succeed, and, and so, so then as I moved forward, what I learned was that the skills you can teach, the one thing you can't teach or you can't give to the equation is the want to. People have to come with that. And so if you have the want to, the skills can be taught. And it might be hard work climbing up that mountain. But, boy, when you get there, the view from the top is going to be amazing. You, you got it. And, you know, you talked about the mountain, which made me think about the fact that one of the places that you work is a Christian counseling center. And so we'll take a look at your flyer. Um, They may assume that you're coming from a Christian perspective. Is this group going to come from a Christian perspective? It it can. um, That's my mindset is that. And I know that when an addict is in their um, sobriety and recovery, they're, they're often looking towards help from a higher power. And so that's a bit of who I am. But it's also not something that I shove down people's throats. 
And so um, we'll be praying for one another. We'll be supporting one another and encouraging one another. Well, you can't get more than that. I mean, I agree that so many recovery groups are 12-step based or in in the churches, and there is um, an element of surrendering and, you know, using every resource that you have in your own home, in your pocket, to make things better. Now, I would love to share the cost of this group, but we are not allowed to on the podcast. But I will tell everybody that this is so affordable that it is really the 14-week experience would cost, for, you know, an average of five individual sessions. I mean, so they're really getting a good deal by calling you, finding out the group's right for them, meeting with you, and then going to this group. It is super cost-effective. And, um, again, they they probably need to get the book, Help Her Heal, right? Yes. Okay. And you can get that on Amazon. And Yes, you can. Um, yeah. So take a look at the book. If you have never seen the book, it might be important for you just to look at it and see what you think. Um, chapter one is about understanding her pain and really assessing, are you willing to do as an addict what it takes to help her heal. Chapter two is on feelings and understanding the five basic feelings. Chapter three is on her needs and what that, um, what are her needs? What does she need to feel emotionally safe, physically safe, spiritually safe? And then it goes on to talk about empathy formulas, communication. It even teaches the addict how to deal with her anger without going into shame. And you're a big believer in teaching addicts how not to go into shame when they realize that they've created so much pain. So I just so appreciate that, that you work very diligently on teaching them how to stay out of shame. Because when they're in shame, they can't, they can't do the work because there's too much self-loathing going on. Would you agree? Yes, very much. Mm-hmm. So as we begin to wrap up, is there anything else, Rebecca, that you would like to share with our listening audience about your services, about this group, or about you? Um, I just want to thank you so much for giving me the time and space here to talk about what I'm doing. And... Um, and yes, yes, the agency that I'm with is Christian Counseling and Coaching, and so I am faith-based. Um, I do believe in God, and, mm-hmm. and, and I just wanted people to know that wholeheartedly. But I also wanted to know them to know that, especially when it comes to the couple's work, there's a lot of buzzwords we use in our industry. I think I've got some on my own flyer, um, recovery and, and restoration and all of that, but I think that what I want to say is that, again, the intention is not to shame, but to teach the addict how to connect and do a transformation through that process. And 
his ability to sincerely connect and validate what she has experienced, what she's experiencing, it really recreates that relationship. And I say recreate because it's not just rebuilding or restoring. These are common phrases, like I said, but we are not a house with a bad floor plan being patched up. We are two people who are coming together, recreating and building something new, something wonderful and magnificent, better than you had before and better than you could have ever imagined. And so just like Isaiah 61.3 says, beauty from ashes and joy instead of grief, and that's what we want to create. Well, and that's really special. And I, I tell you, I'm sure our listening audience can hear um, your encouragement, your gentleness, and yet your firm hand that they can get healthy if they're willing to put in the work. And um, I just really appreciate you doing this work. This is like the first time ever anybody has taken it to the next level and included partners in so that they can do some couples work together. And I want to remind everybody that this you have two opportunities to join this group. So if, if your husband is listening with you, um, let him know that it's Mondays during the day, May 11th from 11.30 to 1 Mountain Standard Time. And then, or you can go Tuesday evening starting May 12th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And to get a hold of Rebecca, you can contact 2, that's the number 2, connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T group at gmail.com or call her at 505-215-4785. And um, she is a personal coach. Oh, it is? Oh, it sure is. 215-4784. She's a personal coach. She is an LMSW, and she is working hard for you. And so don't miss this opportunity to get into this group. And, Rebecca, thank you so much for for making this possible for our listening audience. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. It's an honor to be here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, again, that is Rebecca Mastiff. And that is, if you want to Google her and see what comes up, that is R-E-B-E-C-C-A-M-A-E-S-T-A-S. And then let me know what you think. I'm going to know this woman. She's incredibly talented. So exciting to hear her putting together this group. And don't forget uh, Richard Butler from the Richard E. Butler from uh, the UK, who was on last week. He's also doing a men's group. That's a a five- or six-hour time difference, but that may also work for you. So we got two people from AppSets that are willing to take uh, your lives to the next level, and that's what it's all about. So thanks for tuning in today. You're always going to get new resources, new experts, and lots of food for thought. And as I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times. Seriously, have the courage to be yourself. And uh, make it a good week, and we will talk soon.
at appsats.org. For more information, go to appsats.org, the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists, to find a professional in your area who is trained to help you after sexual betrayal.